Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Doink and Doink Connection, the podcast where David and I talk all oh, things professional wrestling. Wrestling. This is episode number 47, where we'll be going over take over 31 results, as well as discussing Monday Night Raw from October 5th, 2020. God, TakeOver was good. Yeah, it was. Yeah, it was. I mean, I know we missed an episode last week. Yeah. Um, The Roman Reigns thing with Jey Uso. Oh, my God. Oh my God dude, I can't wait for the Hell in a Cell match. It's going to be really good. Uh, That's going to be the other Hell in a Cell match, I yeah. just, I just wanted to put that out there. I know we missed, we weren't able to talk a lot about, you know, anything about SmackDown. Unfortunately, yeah. something came in the way for me to be here. Which, um, also, the Alexa stuff on Friday was oh, incredible God. with The Fiend. Yes. Yes, it was so good with The Fiend. So good. And that's a great go-home to the draft that is happening Friday. I know, I know. We'll get to the draft at the end of the week. But. Yeah, we'll get to the draft uh, on Friday's episode right before SmackDown. That should be going live just about as SmackDown's going live Yep. with our predictions as well as the NXT AEW recap for the week. But we got to talk TakeOver. Yeah. This show, top to bottom, hit. Every single match. Yeah. The, the, <clears throat> there was not a match that's lower than a B plus, in oh, my I, opinion. Yeah. There something took away from the end of the night for me a little bit and also yeah. took away from a friend of mine, JJ. Uh he said it kind of took took him out of the match. Yes. But top to bottom, it, it really it really didn't miss. There wasn't There wasn't a segment that wasn't beautiful. And to and to open with Priest Gargano. Yeah. <sighs> Like I felt bad for everybody who had to follow that match. I know, like, um, unbelievable. Those there were two. some spots like the uh, wasn't it a tope over the top rope where Gargano pulled security. the camera guys, the yeah. security guys, or whatever in front of Priest. That almost reminded me of the WrestleMania 25 moment when Taker went over the top rope and Michaels pulled the camera guy in yeah. front of him. Yeah, except Taker went and did a nose dive. Yeah, yeah. Oh my god! Just what a match! I mean. Gargano just kept working that that little guy thing that he does when he's facing bigger competition, trying to find that little bit of an edge. And now that he's got the Gargano way, it's basically he's going to cheat to try to win. Yeah, you know the low blow to get him in the ring. Um, I mean they hit every possible move in this match that you could pick. Yeah, up. and in a in a modified finish from Priest that, the with drape. the uh, the draping reckoning. Yes. Whew. Yeah, it almost didn't look like he got full rotation on it there for a second. I thought, yeah. like, I thought Gargano took the worst of it, but you know what? It was, it was a hell of a match, start to what, finish. What a match! And right guy went over. Yeah. Keep the belt on Priest. I think it's yeah, the right not a, move. Not a single belt changed hands. Um, uh, I have a theory for that, but I'm gonna save it for Friday. Okay, I'm assuming it has to do with draft predictions. Yes. Okay. I'm. Yes. I'm. I think I'm on the same page with you. Okay. On who might be moving where. Yes. Um, but the next match, Kushida versus Dream. I heard reports that this is not a heel turn for Kushida. This is just an overly aggressive face. I'm fine with it. Which I I heard because Dream was still the heel in this match. Well, as Triple H had said prior to TakeOver going on the air, Dreams, stuff that he's going through outside outside the ring ring is affecting who he is as a character inside Inside the the ring. ring. And there's no better way to write somebody off 
for a little while. Like while, what they did. While he's dealing with what he's dealing with and whatever improprieties that he was part of. Yeah. And giving a huge, a much needed, rub much to needed rub to Kushida. Because Kushida came in with this flair as soon as it like he got <clears throat> signed. It's another Japanese star that WWE is bringing in. Yeah, when, when I first heard that Kushida got signed, that was shortly after his... I think I think it was his loss, but amazing showing in the best of the Super Juniors 2018, I think, mm-hmm. when he lost to, I believe it was ZSJ, Zack Sabre Jr. Um, huge showing from him there. But then from him to jump to NXT from there, I thought, oh my God, he's going to get skyrocketed to the top. Yeah. Didn't work out that way. No. <laughs> but again, th- there was so much going on yeah. in NXT at that time. You had Champa, you had Gargano, you had... Cole. Cole, you had the 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 North American title that was in in the in upper the works, echelon, yeah. not even in the works. Just yeah, it was, what was happening with it at that time? You, know you had I mean? main event guys going for that North American exactly. title. Exactly. So it it made sense where he kind of got kind of stuck in a he certain got, he spot. got caught in the shuffle, and then he breaks his wrist. Yeah. So then he misses time for that, and. My big thing was is I was afraid that this was another Hideo Itami situation. Yeah. He gets hurt, then they lose faith in him, then he just gets thrown on 205 Live, then they lose faith in him, Yeah, and that, then he's I gone. keep forgetting that Kenta was in yeah. and not, now, WWE. Now look at what Kenta's doing. <clears throat> yeah. Kenta's on fire. Yeah. You know I mean, I, leader of the Bullet Club, right? Or he was the leader of the he, Bullet Club. He might have been. I'm not sure. I, I know, I know he was involved. Because yes. right now, Evil... Is also involved because Evil turned on Naito to win both belts, but yeah. then Naito beat Evil to take both belts back or whatever it was. Um, but yeah, Kushida, this rub to Kushida, I I don't think it's gonna skyrocket him immediately to the to the upper echelon, but he's gonna start getting in world title contention. It's gonna set him up for an NXT title match yeah. versus Balor. Yeah, because Balor's holding that title. We'll get to it. We know that he's retained, and we're gonna get to that match, but. This is going to be a, a really bold move to get Kushida up there. Yeah. Because I think what's going to depend, I think they're holding that Balor title drop back to Cross. I think that's what they're that's doing. That's what I think too is that they're going to wait until Cross comes back and then they're going to have him take the belt and he's going to go on a rampage for a year plus. Possibly. It depends. Who knows how long Cross is out and how yeah. if they want to make Balor hold a title that long. Yeah. And but that just they, seems like the, it almost feels like the narrative that they're going with where they, they had this um, open cup qualifier thing and trust me, the the main event match was incredible. Oh, yeah. Incre- Kyle O'Reilly, I've never watched any of his single stuff from the indie scene or anything he's ever done earlier in his career. I've pretty much watched his tag team stuff. That guy is one Ridiculous. match. One match that I watched was, I believe it was at, um, it was New Japan's um main pay per view. Uh, I uh, wrestle something. Wrestle Kingdom. Wrestle Kingdom. Yeah, Wrestle Kingdom Eleven. I believe it was between Adam Cole and Kyle O'Reilly for the Ring of Honor World Championship. Mm-hmm. One of the greatest matches I've ever watched. Um, shows that Kyle O'Reilly has the ability to work as a singles competitor in the ring. Mm-hmm. This match proved it as well. Yeah, I've heard comparisons that this match is almost comparable 
to the amount of shoot and real life energy, like real wrestling energy you felt from last year's Walter versus Bate in a different way where it's not David versus Goliath, but the same kind of professional wrestling feel, the shoot feel. Yeah. But not like hate shoot, but like these two guys actually wrestling. Yeah. But let's get back to Kushida because Kushida dominated this match. Yeah. It wasn't like... I did not think that... It was like a 90-10% control of this match. Like Dream had... No control. And he hit once, the DVD once. No, no, no. He hit it twice. He hit it twice. The second time he hit it, Kushida didn't break the lock, the the yeah. the the armbar he had him in, and the that's why he lock. had to tap. Yeah. So the hoverboard lock. Kushida like zeroed in on an appendage, took advantage of that and appendage, kept pushing it. and just kept pushing that appendage. And if this is the Kushida we're gonna get, where he gives a major post match beat down to somebody, yeah. I don't know if this is just a strong face or if this is a heel turn I because they're like... kind of doing the same thing right now with um um the, the it happened on NXT last week. Who's a female wrestler that um I can't Japanese style. I can't think of her name. Uh um um, um Mia Yim? No. No, no um um Chinese uh Xiaoli. Yeah, Xiaoli. Thank you. Chinese. Um she um I feel like they're kind of doing almost like similar things where they're just sick of being stuck in the middle. And now it's yeah. just going to be like, all right, you know what? We're going out there and we're showing what we can do. Let's be real. Kind of jumping way, way ahead. We saw someone get sick of being stuck in the middle and now they're skyrocketed. Oh, yeah. And we'll get to that we'll much to later it. on in we'll the episode. We'll definitely get to it. So Kushida, big win. Very happy to see that. Yeah. Very happy to see that. Very, And I hope they write Dream off for a little while. Yeah, they let should. Him, let him just do his thing. They should. My opinion... With how good the main event was, middle match, match of the night. Swerve Scott versus um, Santos Escobar. Oh, incredible match. I didn't put it as the match of the night, though. It was a great match. Don't get me wrong. Um, the build-up to this match was kind of weak. I didn't like how Swerve Scott was this whiny baby face who was complaining about how he wasn't getting any fair matches. But he did hold the pinfall victories over Escobar. He held two. Yeah, over Escobar, which was really nice. Um... There was a little bit of a, like, the whole thing in the middle. Yeah, with uh, the rest of uh, Legato coming Legato out coming and out. Um, Adonis coming out yes. and kind of interfering but not interfering. Yeah, giving giving um, help. I mean, the kind of distracting swerve. Yes. Not to actually, like, cost him the match, but d- distracting him to fight off Legato while Santos kind of recouped a little bit. In the ring. Yeah. That final spot where Swerve hit his head on the exposed steel steel of the turnbuckle not the actual turnbuckle itself but no, the, the, the post the, the, no yeah. it wasn't on the post it's earlier on in the match Santos it wasn't the actual turnbuckle pad oh, that he took off but it was the thing that wraps around okay. yeah, yeah. the the joint yeah. in the back he fell onto the joint Okay, it looked like he hit his head on the post but it was actually on the joint because he just graced the actual post. Okay. Um, Because they continued to resell that. It was the turnbuckle. It was the turnbuckle. It was the turnbuckle. It wasn't the actual post that he hit his head on. Um, Because they wanted to push up that Santos actually exposed that earlier in the match. Okay. He hits his finish. Well, he hits this. It wasn't even his finish. It was like a double underhook neck breaker, knee in the back of the head kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a reverse GTS. Yeah, it looked painful as yeah. hell. D- double underhook reverse GTS. 
Well, a GTS is over the shoulder FU style. I know, but that's why it's a double underhook. Yeah. And a GTS hits the front of the face, not the back of the head. So that's why it's a reverse GTS because it's yeah. hitting the back of the head. It yeah. didn't hit the face. Isn't so, that almost like the, uh, uh, what's uh, Riddle's move? The Riddle does something very similar where he needs the back of the guy's head. I don't know. Riddle's got like 15 different bro moves. Yeah. Bro, it's all bro the, something, bro the something. The Broton, the bro Derek. The, he's got so many different moves. Yeah. But this was a very good match. Again, no title change here. That leaves... Personally, I think that almost... I would have liked to seen Devlin's return at this point. Yeah. But maybe we're going to get a Cruiserweight Classic now. Maybe yeah. what happens is... Because Escobar basically has taken the division. He has. Yeah. Okay. Um, Drake Maverick. Yep. Swerve Scott. Yeah. Um, he has taken several people on 205 Live. Nice. Tony Nice. I mean, we haven't we haven't been recapping 205 Live, and maybe we should get back to it. Yeah. But I know he's been dominating on 205 Live whenever he's been in matches, whether it's six man tags or it's in this type of match. Or that he's been winning, so he is at the pinnacle right now. Yeah, he's I think he's what, top of the mountain. I think what you need to do is you have a lot of that 205 talent. Why don't we set up a multi week cruiserweight classic cruiserweight tournament? Classic brings you up to. A number one contenders match, a number one contenders match, then goes faces Escobar at whatever next Take takeover you want to put. Whatever. Yeah, whatever you want to put. Not Halloween Havoc, which I'm that that dude, rush it. Sh- Sh- Shotzi Blackheart being oh. the host of Halloween Havoc. Yeah, oh, perfect, perfect, perfect. It's perfect. a perfect spot for her yeah, right it's, now. It's it's a great great because, amalgamation because they sold the fact that she's hosted like horror movie marathons and such like that. Yeah, she's on her done Instagram that. And stuff yeah, like she's that. done that in the past. Yeah, so she. She epitomizes, in my opinion, Halloween. Oh, she epitomizes WWE what right it now. means to be right now a, a a a wrestling superstar. Yeah, you know what I mean. She has her character, but she also has what she can do in the ring. As she's proved many a time. Oh yeah, okay? she's incredible. So she's in the incredible ring. in the ring. Um, the next match again, you didn't miss a beat. No, and even the spots in this. Yeah. Now there was one thing that irritated me. Okay, it was the first referee bump. Okay. Yeah. Because there was a bell called. Last week against Alistair Black for the same for the bump. same bump, and the match was thrown out. Okay, they didn't throw the match out at this. Maybe the referee wanted to continue to fight. What I'm thinking it is is I don't know if the actual commentary said it, but they said something about this is a title match. They're not going to no, and that's what I mean. They're not going to throw it out for something like that. But there needs to be more consistency with the yeah. way these referees are from yeah. from one brand to the next to the next because there's a lot of inconsistency from the referees and because the referees are being very inconsistent in the way that they're doing these matches, it it takes away from the match. There was nothing taken away from this match. No. Nothing at all. I love that Gargano came out, put on the referee thing. Yeah. Tried to quick count, probably the slowest quick count I've ever heard. In no, my that was a quick life. count. That was no. a quick quick count, but she kicked out at two. <laughs> no, that was a slow quick count. I've seen much faster quick counts in the past. Yeah. Okay. That was a slow quick count. But that's the other thing too. The referee last week stopped the match after a two count and awarded yeah. the win. Why didn't he just do that? Why yeah. didn't he just say once? Oh, okay, match over. My yeah. wife's the champion. Yay! You know what I mean? They could have done. And the something thing was like is this. after she kicks out of that. They had a lot of like groveling about. They were like super upset instead of like taking advantage of the fact that yeah. the ref is knocked to hell out. Yeah. Go grab a chair. Go grab a kendo stick. Well, beat the hell out of EO. They, so they did grab the championship belt. Yeah. Johnny Gargano distracts by taking the thing off, taking the shirt off. Yeah. She gets the belt bump. EO gets hit with the belt. Belt goes out of the ring. One, two, three quarters kick out. EO gets her end of match spurt. Bang. Match over. EO hits her. 
her, over the moon salt, as yeah. they call it. Things unbelievable. Best moon salt in the business. And she gets the victory, which is key because of what it led into. Because two, two massive returns. So when Tony Storm shows up on the screen, I thought Tony Storm was pulling into the arena. Now, I had a different theory about who the motorcycle person was. So now here's here's my thought because we didn't get to talk about our motorcycle theory last no, week. No, we didn't. So so when when I saw, I was like, oh, Tony's on the screen. She must have been the one that did the motorcycle stuff, blah, blah, blah. And then they cut to the actual motorcycle scene, mm-hmm. and I thought it would be walking out, oh, it's Tony Storm. Yeah. Nope. Nope. Now, bef- obviously, everybody who's listening, the reveal was Ember Moon. Ember. Okay? Which is awesome. Back in NXT, back when she was utilized properly. Yes. Away from you know Raw and SmackDown right now, because those title pictures are kind of like really set in stone, yeah. and it would have been hard for her to return. Who did you initially think... Was the person coming back? Now, my, I had zero clue. I had a thought <clears throat> on how they could have revealed it differently. Where they have the motorcycle person pull up, but not come up to the top of the ramp. Come through the crowd and attack EO. And the only way they reveal before she takes her helmet off is she hits an eclipse. She hits an eclipse. She still has the helmet on. She still hits the power moves. Okay. Then she takes the helmet off after everyone realized that was an eclipse. That was an over-the-top, off-the-top rope stunner. That's an eclipse. That's Ember. Okay. I had no clue who it could be. All right. So I was talking with JJ while watching the pay-per-view because somebody didn't pick up their phone. And (laughs) thanks. Not a problem. Blow up your spot. And I thought, that this was a possibility of a return for No Way Jose. I thought No Way Jose, the motorcycle was going to get revealed after the Cruiserweight Championship. And Jose was coming back. And Jose was coming as back. As a Cruiserweight Champion contender. Yes. But JJ reminded me that the person, as they were doing their vignettes over the last couple of weeks, they were a former champion returning. So yeah. No Way Jose was never a champion. Yeah. I just think, like... I. I think it. I would have liked to seen his character get a little bit of a rehash. I know he's not with the E right now. He's part of the the releases. Black Friday, but or at the, Black, uh, Black Wednesday. Wednesday. But regardless, they're starting to bring some of these people back pre-COVID. Yeah. You know what I mean? You've seen Robert Roode come back. Um, Drake Maverick. Drake Maverick came back, even though it was kind of like a storyline thing, but. Regardless, yeah. he came back. You're starting to see the UK open back up because yeah. remember they they basically cut their ties with UK this whole time. Yeah, they had to reissue the brand. So basically, you're almost watching it like from jump. Like if you want to start watching UK, just all, start it. All the storylines are just basically being restarted at this point. So just yeah. start it. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I thought that it was gonna be no way, Jose. <clears throat> A lot of online rumors had either Ember Moon or rebranded Bo Dallas. So. I just I'm happy it was Ember Moon. I'm would happy be, to see would it her be back. a rebranded Bo Dallas in what what division? Cause oh, he'd go after the title. I think he would be in the Rich Holland spot. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Okay. And we're gonna get to Rich Holland, but that's where he would be. He would be in the Rich Holland spot. So it would be instead of Rich Holland carrying Cole out, it would be a helmeted person yes. carrying Cole in, dumping him, and pulling the helmet off. It's Bo, it's Dallas. Bo Dallas. Yes. yes. Okay. 
I could have seen that, yeah. So that's another way to have rebranded a character. Yeah, where this that is where you get your the... former champion because Bo Dallas was a yes. former champion. Yes. So, interesting. I like what they did. It was just a little upsetting that they revealed both women at the same time. Yeah. But that, in my opinion, because before this match, there was a backstage promo between Rhea and Triple H yeah. where Hunter says, basically, in five years, this is going to be your top pointing at Rhea, saying Rhea is going to be in the top picture in the next five years of main roster. Yeah. I put in quotes main roster. Um, I feel like this sets up for a future triple threat between Ember, Tony, and Rhea for a number one contendership spot. Okay. I mean, we will see what where it leads. I, I just got to see how they're going to put the pieces together on Wednesday. Yeah. I like having... Now more people thrown into this amazing division that they already have. Oh yeah! All right, let's get the NXT to the NXT women's division is one of the best. No, it's the best women's division in all of wrestling. It, not even close. Yeah, not even close. Let's get to the main. Event. Let's get to the match of the night. Oh my god, dude! Shoot work, ground game work. They were Brazi- making Brazilian hold, jiu-jitsu. They were making rest holds look legit. Yes, yes. Brazilian jiu-jitsu, clean striking. Dude, that kick, that ballot hit yeah, O'Reilly to the, stomach. to the stomach, and the way Wade Barrett sold it on commentary about how like heavyweights get taken down by gut, sh- like by body punches. Yeah. Oh, that was stiff. People are saying that O'Reilly was no, no, no. That's that was what it feels because that's what happens o- when you get kicked in the gut. O'Reilly went to go throw a punch right after it, and, and he, he was- kind of put up the finger like. Hold a minute. And he fell to the floor in just utter shock with how hard he had just been kicked. Yeah. And it took him a second, too. Yes. Yes. And whether the crimson was a packet that he put in his mouth, whatever it was, it doesn't matter. Because Bala bled for real at the end of the match. Because when he took that knee to the face, you saw him immediately like just... uh, Yeah. He got busted. The little bits of crimson in this match. The way that they were constantly contorting each other's bodies and the Brazilian jiu-jitsu element, the everything about this. Yeah. What a match, man. What a match. And it was nice because basically what you have is the guy who's been chasing Balor his entire career now finally catching up to Balor and having this blow-off between the two of them. Because as was talked about on Wednesday's interview, sit down with Shawn Michaels was that O'Reilly's always been behind Balor. So mm-hmm. when Balor was... Mean behind coming, Cole? No, behind Balor. Behind Balor. Because what happened was is Balor was oh, yeah, just yeah, yeah, leaving yeah. the United States. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Then O'Reilly would get big in the United States. And then as O'Reilly's getting to Japan, Balor's leaving Japan. As O'Reilly leaves Japan to go to NXT, Balor gets called up and is now on Raw. So he's always been chasing Balor's career yeah. the whole time. Yeah. To get this blow-off between basic... O'Reilly's a mini Balor. Yeah. Yeah, I can I can see that. He's a mini Balor. Look, wrestling style, um, he may be a little bit more with the Brazilian jiu-jitsu and Balor yeah. may be a little bit more high-flying. And the way that Balor zeroed in on that stomach mm-hmm. after he realized the damage he did. He didn't finish the match with a 1916. He finished it with a coup de grace. Yes. Which is a double stomp to the stomach. Yes. And it still amazes me to this day that Balor's able to do that move and not hurt anybody. Oh, yeah. The way he does that move is is incredible, and he does it to everybody. Mm-hmm. I cannot get over watching that move and seeing how he performs it, the person sells it, 
and it's just clean yeah. every time. Yeah. Every time. You never see somebody walking away with with holding a rib because Bala broke it or anything. Like he hits it perfect every mm-hmm. time. Yeah. And just oh my God. You talk about it for a little bit because oh my God. So this match had so much emotion in it for a th- two, three week build. Yeah. Because that's incredible. Wednesday, Wednesday's sit down built this match. First face to face, yeah. Built this match 100%. Yeah. The way Bala was just saying. And it built Kyle O'Reilly as a face. Yeah, it did. Yeah, Yeah. it did. Which I think this was an official turn. Hey, Kyle O'Reilly's baby face. I don't think it's an official turn. No. The best part of this was post match when Balor helped. O'Reilly to his feet. Yes, and they, it shows the respect these two have for each other. Yeah, after the clinic they put on for twenty five minutes. Yes, and then you bring in the post match element, which you I'm know not, I'm not mad with. I'm it. not mad with it. Um, I've heard numerous uh, rumors that this was set up by the the rest of UE that they paid Holland to attack Cole or something like that to kind of, or that this was faked um, and something like this, that this is part of the dissension of UE. I don't know how much I believe that. I think this is just Rich Holland trying to make a name for himself, attacking one of the biggest competitors in NXT, and he's going to feud with Cole. I don't think he's going to feud with Cole. Is he going to feud with O'Reilly? I don't think he's going to feud with O'Reilly. Balor? I think he's going right after Balor. I think what's going to happen You think is, this was a message being sent to Balor? This is a message being sent to everybody who's been at the top and has been comfortable at the top of NXT and that for Hall, too long. And that Holland, Rich is, Holland there is there to interrupt it. Yes. I think he's going to go through the entire UE okay. by himself. I think, I think the smartest way to do this is write Cole off for a couple of episodes of NXT. Yeah. Okay. Have Bobby Fish come out. And have let him have a one-on-one match against Rich Holland. Nothing against Bobby Fish. I just think if you go in the hierarchy of... It, it's Fish, Strong, O'Reilly... No, it's, uh, it's Fish, O'Reilly, Strong, Cole. At because, this point. Well, I'm just going off of belts yeah, that they've held. Fish, O'Reilly, Strong, Okay, uh, and Cole. I think And I think you give O'Reilly the time in between... Before he gets in the ring with Holland. So yeah. you may it may, go, it may end up going Fish, Strong, O'Reilly. Cole. Then Cole returns... They have a a, a two-match thing. A number thing. one contendership match. Not even a number one. Con- no, just a two-match thing. And then you basically have Bala watching this like, fine, if he wants a shot at the champ, let him have a shot at the champ. Yeah. You know what I mean? I think I think that's how you're going to build Rich Holland. Now, the only thing that kind of throws me for a loop here is you've kind of thrown Dexter Loomis really on the back burner. Yeah. But I see something coming with him and Cameron Grimes just based on what happened on NXT the other day. Yeah. So... Overall, all man, in all, I give this an. I mean, it's an a easy, solid A. Oh, it's easily an A. I mean, if you go match by match, okay. Um, Priest Gargano, that's an A. Yeah. All right. Kushida, B plus. Yeah, easily. Uh, cruiserweight, cruiserweight championship. A minus. It's an A minus. Yeah. Women's, Women's championship. A. That's an A. Main event. A plus. A plus. So this is like a high A. This is a high, high a, a, low A plus, like a 96, 95. Such a great. strong pay-per-view. Nobody lost championships. Every I was dotted. Every T was crossed. Yeah. You brought back two, two big, big names. Big names. And on top of it, you've 
catapulted Rich Holland through one small thing that he did right into the face of the top echelon of everybody in NXT. Yeah. All right. Let's move on to Raw. Now, Raw was good. Yeah, it was good. Was I'm not good. saying I'm not going to say it was the dumpster fire that it was 2 weeks ago. Um it was a quality Raw. There were its good moments. There was a huge surprise that should have been in the main event but wasn't. Um and then there was a a face turn we've seen coming. Are the big notes that I've seen come out of this. Mm-hmm. As well as that there's been a, there's a female competitor that is being shown her dominance right now, and that's Shayna Baszler. Oh, yeah. Shayna Baszler has found herself in this tag team, be it it's with her mortal enemy, but she is actually coming her own and actually being able to be the monster she is because she's not having to worry to carry an entire match all on her back. She has a monstrous wrestler behind her in Nia Jax. So she can hand, she can do her holds. She can control the mat. She can do what she does best. Because she doesn't have to carry the load on her own. What she did to Ruby Riot was yeah. brutal. Yeah. Okay? Was brutal. I felt that in my arm. And you have to remember, Ruby Riot just came back from double shoulder surgery. Yep. And the emotion between the Riot squad as... Liv's trying to come in to break up the yeah. the the hold. Just, I would have loved to seen the Riot Squad come out on top of that with the belts. But I like what they're doing with Baszler and Jax because yeah. basically, basically Baszler and Baszler and Jax are coming out and they just don't care. They mm-hmm. don't care. They came out after the end of the women's six man six woman tag match, and once again. Put Lana through another table. <laughs> Poor yeah. Lana's being punished because of her husband, unfortunately. I mean, calling yeah. a spade a spade is what it is at this point. Yeah, but, but let's start up at the top yes. of the show. Um, starts off with a Randy Orton promo. We say it all the time. Three out of four Raws in a month. Starts with a Randy Orton promo. Yep, and if it doesn't start with Randy Orton, starts with Drew McIntyre. Yeah, it starts with this. Uh, essentially, this is a stroll down memory lane. It was basically the recap package... Uh, commentated by Randy Orton. The best part was when Drew McIntyre busts in, hair flowing with the breeze, tank top on, and beats the hell out of Randy Orton. Yep. This whole segment essentially announced Hell in a Cell, their match inside Hell in a Cell. Next segment, as we were talking about, six-woman tag, you got Zelina, and you got uh, the Pink Sisters. Yep. Because um, that's basically what they are at this point. Yeah, Lana and... Um, the Blonde and Pink. Yep. Um, oh, it's it... essentially... Uh, what's that movie? Um, oh, oh, my God. Legally Blonde? Yes. Okay. That's essentially what it is. All right. Um, against Mandy, Dana, the better Legally Blonde, um, and Asuka. Mandy gets the pin here. Yep. Which, it's big to say because you got Asuka sitting right there. So, and essentially this whole segment built to, as you were saying, Jack's putting Lana through a table for a third time. Yep, in four weeks. In Yeah, in four weeks. 
Lana's going to, you know how um, Roderick Strong got a fear of trunks? Yeah. Lana's going to have a fear of announce tables. Yeah, pretty much. At this point. And I think this is like the only spot that she's been doing lately. Yeah, of any note. Yep. Next match, um, Dominic Mysterio and Humberto Carrillo against Rollins and Murphy. This continued the dissension between Murphy and Rollins, but hasn't quite made it all the way there yet. It'll get there at the end of this. It gets there. Yeah. Um, but this was basically Rollins saying, I don't need you. I don't need you. I can do this on my own. Well, Murphy gets the pin over Carrillo here. Yes. Yes. But Which, when, when, when has Carrillo done anything of note? Wasn't he involved against Andrade it, it just, like it, months ago? Yeah, that's the thing. Is like he he got moved up. It's been since pre-COVID. It's it's sad because I, we were looking at this like nice four-way stable of this luchador talent fighting over the United States Championship. Yeah, and then Andrade was stripped of it because of a positive PED violation yeah. or performance enhancing, and then it's now just been sitting around the waist of the hurt business ever since then. Yeah. So it's been kind of odd because Carrillo just seems to, because of the mistake of another person, Carrillo kind of just fell down this mm-hmm. this ladder, which is unfortunate. And now he's taking pinfalls clean from a guy who's stuck right now in a love triangle. Yeah. Which it is what it is. I mean, I like seeing Murphy getting victories personally because I think Murphy's completely underutilized at this moment. But I think that's all going to change. It's going to change based after on, what happened to, ba- uh, last night. Based on the apology I demand before 10 p.m. Yeah, and they had the which, countdown clock going and everything, which was awesome. Stupid, awesome. I loved having that countdown clock. What is this a beat the clock challenge? Yep, pretty much beat the clock before he beats the crap out of you. Um. Next match, uh, next not max, uh, not match. Um, next segment. Well, we're gonna completely breeze over the twenty four seven stuff. I'm done with it. I'm done with the twenty four seven stuff, dude. They got like, uh, yeah. Let's just buy twenty four seven. Now Drew Gulak's your champion again. And then Truth won it again. Yeah, Truth is gonna win that belt every single night, no matter what. Yeah, he'll lose it and then he'll win it again. Yep, it's time filler at this point. Yep. Um, next segment was a Kevin Owens show with. Bray Wyatt. Yes. Um, essentially, Kevin uh, comes out and says that once the fiend has touched you, you change. You can finally feel the cold and emptiness in him. Wyatt pops up on the Funhouse and all that such. Um, and basically, he's he touts the importance of f- friends. Um, and basically points out his puppets. Um. Owens consist uh, consistently asks him questions about Alexa and what he's doing to Alexa, and um, essentially this leads to a match between Owens and the Fiend on Friday. Confirmed, Owens going to SmackDown. Um, I don't want to get into predictions. You don't want to get into predictions. Until I don't Friday? want to get into predictions until Friday. Okay. Until until we sit here and I can sit down, and I can look at the rosters, and I can see who's going to move where. Yeah. Well, speaking of moving here and there, uh, Braun Strowman's on Raw again. He comes up to, uh, I think he came up to Adam Pierce. Yep. And basically said, "What? No Raw Underground again?" And it's been missing for two weeks. Mm-hmm. Cool. Sure. I don't care. Um, he says, "I want to. I want to fight tonight. I want a match." Um, Pierce says, well, you're not on Raw, so you can't get a sanctioned match, but I'll let you have an exhibition, so head out to the ring. 
He leaves. And then Keith Lee comes out and says, sign me up. He goes up to the ring. Oh, man. Double count out finish. If it's an unsanctioned match exhibition, why are you counting them out? Yeah, pretty much. It's supposed to be pinfall or submission. Unsanctioned unsanctioned. matches do not uh, only come to a finish with uh, pinfall or submission. Or can't respond to a 10 count. Yeah. That's how it should have ended is can't respond to a 10 count. Neither can respond to a 10 count. Not a count out 10 count, but both beat the hell out of each other so much that they can't respond. Do you remember that first Monday Night Raw when Paul Heyman took over? Yeah. With Bobby Lashley and Braun Strowman? Yeah. There you go. Where Bob Lashley got put through the... The LED board. Yeah. Yeah. And you heard Corey Graves yell over commentary. Holy shit. Yeah. That's that's what you could have had right here. Yes. You could have had another Roman Braun or Bobby Braun kind of match out of this. With Keith Lee. And that would have skyrocketed Keith Lee. Yep. He would have been up at the top, top, top. Of names to talk about on Raw. But he's getting stuck with shit. Yeah, pretty much. Right now. Put him on SmackDown. I know I'm skipping to predictions or to uh, draft. Put him on SmackDown. Let him run house. Put him in a title uh, title competition. Okay. Next segment. Oh, we had... Oh, so there was a backstage segment between Apollo Ali and... Um, Ricochet. Ricochet, where they came out and MVP came to him. So here's another thing that I want to talk about. Um, basically, they were talking about drafts and how MVP's gone through his fair share and he knows how they work. Um, and he basically told them that there's an opening in the Hurt Business for tonight only. Uh, but no matter if you choose red or blue or if you're drafted to red or blue, there's always going to be home for you in the black and gold. Meaning the Hurt Business. Yeah. One that can be in Hurt Business is both brands, which I I would be totally fine with. Yep. Have them be cross-brand, can go to either side. But what I picked out of this is after that, cut away, Ali and Apollo walk off, and Ricochet kind of has to take a double take. Here's where my mind started working. He said the black and gold, meaning NXT. Could Ricochet... (laughs) return to NXT through the draft because there has been a little bit of sprinkling of rumors that NXT is also involved in the draft. I I don't know, man. It'd be nice to get Ricochet on TV doing something of note, but I like his involvement with this whole Hurt Business thing. So here's my thought process. Hurt Business now has a bigger priority in Retribution after what happened tonight. You got Retribution and you've got Hurt Business. That leaves Apollo and Ricochet just sitting there doing nothing. Take Apollo, put him on SmackDown. Have him go for the mid-card belt. Have him go after Sammy. Okay. Put Ricochet back on the mid uh, onto NXT. Have him go after Priest. Okay. That means this whole Apollo, Ricochet, Ali, Cedric Alexander, hair business thing, it's run its course. Okay. It's been the same thing. Since, what, like, SummerSlam? Around then, yeah. It's been the same thing since then. It's run its course. We've got a new storyline for Hurt Hurt Business in Retribution. You've got two guys that are left over. Put one on SmackDown, one on NXT. 
and let them run their own characters. That's my thought process out of this. Okay. And that's what I feel after Apollo Crews and Ricochet get to beat the, beat the hell out of by Bob Lashley and Shelton Benjamin tonight. That it basically says, okay, you're done with Hurt Business. Goodbye. See you later. Yep. Um, and we'll talk about what happened with the other one later on. Next segment was Bud Murphy and his apology to Seth. Which basically turned into an in beatdown of Seth Rollins until Murphy, for whatever reason, drops the kendo stick. Yeah. For whatever reason. Just drops the kendo stick. Because he was too believing of his former messiah. And he's like, we'll hug it out and all that. Noel gets smacked. Um, Aaliyah comes down, tries to protect Murphy, which then brings the Mysterio family down. This needs to have some sort of blow-off between Murphy and Rollins. Yes. In some sort of a match. I, I just think that's, that's the ideal way It won't happen to- in Hell in a Cell, but it will happen at Hell in a Cell. I think it should just happen on a random episode of you Raw. You think it should just happen next week on Raw? It should just happen next week or the week after on Raw. I I just... Unless this beatdown was the sayonara for one of them on Raw, and they're being moved somewhere else, but I just... I don't... I don't... Mm, I don't know about that because I don't think this whole Mysterio, Rollins, Murphy, Aaliyah thing is done. I don't think they've paid off this Aaliyah stuff enough. Yeah, but for them to sayonara it. Okay. Again, I don't want to get into what I think is going to happen with the with the draft because I want to save all that. Okay, we'll talk about tease. that Friday then. But I I think you're going to see a little bit of a an adjustment to this storyline via the draft. That's okay. what I have to say. All right. Well, next segment was the women's tag team championship between Riot Squad and Jackson Baszler. We talked about this. We talked about it, how um, Baszler, Baszler absolutely dominant. destroyed uh, Ruby. Yep. With, wasn't it the Karafuda? It was a Karafuda clutch. was the way she ended the match. But she had hit her with that elbow stomp that she hits with. Um, she yeah. was concentrating on the arm. Um, Ruby took a couple of really nasty bumps in this match, selling them very well. Yeah. The match went one way at the beginning. Man, the Riot Squad were just quick t- hot tagging each other. You know, zeroing in on Nia Jax, dominating Nia Jax, and all of a sudden it was just Nia Jax was too big. Yeah. Too big. He tagged in Shayna. Shayna just made her presence felt, attacked yeah. the elbow, attacked the shoulder, and that was it. The match was over at that point. There was nothing that the other two could do. They couldn't get the hot tag in. They couldn't get themselves in the ring in time to yeah. save one another. And just what happens, man? What happens? The, the right people are still holding the belt in that division. Yes. As of right now, yeah. Next segment, and probably... Oh, it's the segment of the night. Biggest segment, biggest moment of the night. It's a payoff of two different storylines, and this is why I knew this was going to happen as soon as I saw Ali in the ring with the Hurt Business. It's a payoff of the... The hacker. hacker. Yeah. Ali was the hacker <clears throat> the whole time. Yeah. And I know everyone thinks, oh, they just dropped that storyline, yada, yada, yada. Well, why don't you think maybe they just dropped that storyline to then... Just pull it right back in right now. Exactly. You know, everyone thinks that McMahon rewrites things the day of because he just has it on a whim. McMahon's been doing this a very long yeah, time. Yeah, I'm, okay? I'm remembering this back now. When you look back at the hacker segments where he, on the TV screens he has that r- circular ring. Yes. That's Ali's glove. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. He's got that circle and, glove. And the whole time everybody was talking about how Ali's the hacker, Ali's the hacker. Okay, they dropped the hacker thing, right? 
And then almost immediately after they dropped the hacker thing, who started appearing? Retribution. Retribution. All right. And then Ali was gone for, what, a couple of weeks? Yeah. And then came back, right? All right. Yeah. It's all tied in together. Mm-hmm. Ali's been the leader of Retribution pretty much the whole time. Actually, yeah. not pretty much the whole time. The whole time. Yeah. All right. The camera angles in which Retribution was shooting their vignettes when they were destroying stuff. I don't think Ali has ever been there when Retribution's attacked. No, he hasn't. <clears throat> he hasn't. And it's a payoff from last week when Ali came out of Hurt Business's locker room. You know, I initially thought he was in Hurt Business's locker room because he was talking to uh, Cedric. Cedric. No. He was in there scouting Hurt Business. You know, as the leader of Retribution. Retribution. It's simple as that. Now he has a clean pinfall <clears throat> victory over MVP from mm-hmm. last week. Yep. And then this past Monday, he now unveils who he is as the leader of Retribution. He is the real talker in Retribution. Mm-hmm. And now let's just see how Retribution goes. Now we can goes. have Dijak and Dio as his monsters. Yes. They're the muscle. They're not the talkers. They're the muscle. Yeah. That's Essentially. it. That's it. And, and you have, have, you have, have go- this almost, okay, no, I'm pulling this out of my ass right now, but this almost reminds me of another kind of like sanity mixed with Imperium kind of thing where there's one psycho, but in this case, it's two muscle, one face, one big man, or like one front man. One talker. Yeah. You got Ali, you got the muscle, and then you got the psycho of Shane Thorne. Okay. Shane Thorne kind of has that Alexander Wolf um kind of thing where he was in both um Sanity and in Imperium. He's got that kind of tapped I know what you're mentality. saying. I know what you're saying. It, it, and it it makes sense. I just <clears throat> think that this is just this is a, a group that should disrupt everything going forward. Not just yeah. on Raw. It should if you're be talking across about the, all if you're brands. talking about the hurt business possibly being on all brands, then you need to continue to bring on retribution brands. on all brands. Yeah. It's just simple as that. Have MVP be the leader of the Hurt Business. Have him have his little stable on SmackDown, his little stable on Raw, his little stable in NXT. Let him be the manager I of it all. I would love an NXT uh, Hurt Business. Okay, so who says Ricochet isn't that member? Yeah. I'm just saying, have him manage. Because right now, you're able to do storylines like this because everybody's in one area. I understand post-COVID, once things start opening up and you're starting to travel, you're going to have to change some of that stuff. But yeah. as it is right now, just have it the way it is. So you have Retribution attacking NXT, Retribution attacking SmackDown, Retribution attacking 205 Live. Yeah. Just have them making their presence felt across all brands, okay? Because the hacker was only a SmackDown thing, and then Retribution became a SmackDown and Raw thing, and now it's just a Raw th- Bring it across all brands, Okay. Mm-hmm. Get Heyman's input about how how and when he wants it in SmackDown, because clearly Heyman's doing a lot of the writing on SmackDown. Yeah. Okay? Get it. Get together with Levesque on NXT. See how he wants to incorporate it on NXT. And then make it make it a big vocal point on Raw. Mm-hmm. And just continue to grow the, the Retribution and the Hurt Business name through those three brands. And yeah. I think it'll work out. I think it'll work out excellent as a storyline. Yeah. Well, there, that actually wasn't the main event of the show. I know. Main I event know. was the six-man tag between um, Ziggler, Rude, and Randy against uh, Drew and the Street Profits. You know what's the big thing that came out of this? Randy Pitt and the champ? Yes. First pinfall loss 
over Drew McIntyre since, since Survivor Series last year. He hasn't been pinned he since He has not then. been pinned since Survivor Series last year. Wow. Okay. Think about that. Really? Yes. Holy crap. Yep. That's the kind of push that they have given Drew, Drew McIntyre. Yeah. He has not had a pinfall loss since Survivor Series. And wasn't it in the Survivor Series it was match? in the Survivor Series match. He has not had a one-on-one pinfall loss since before Survivor Series last year. Wow. And okay. it was probably when he was with Drew. Not with Drew. With uh, Ziggler. Correct. But he didn't have many one-on-one matches at that no. point. He was in a tag was team all at that tag. point. Correct. All right, then. Huge, dude. Yeah. Huge that Randy Orton gets that win. The match was good all around. It was another way to showcase Robert Roode. It was another way to build a different tag team to go after the Street Profits. Roode and Ziggler. Builds the Hell in the Cell match with Orton and McIntyre. And McIntyre. I liked the way the match went and ended. I would have flipped it, and I would have had the Ali stuff to close. Yeah. But it's how it was booked. It was how it was written. Just go with the flow. If they want to go off the air with Randy Orton getting the clean win in the main event, let it go off the air with Randy Orton getting the clean win in the main event. Yeah. All in all, like you said, it was a good Monday Night Raw, though. Yeah, it was. It was a... It's starting to trend up a little bit. Yeah, a little bit. It, it did struggle with the ratings with Monday Night Football well, and two, MLB playoffs. Listen, there was two, two Monday, Monday Night Football, football games, games. And they're good ones, too. Yes, they were. Yes, they were. So, but that basically finishes off this episode of Doink and Doink Connection. Um... If you have any questions, comments, concerns about the show, you can hit us up at Double Doink Network on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook, or hit us up at our personals at Dave the Doink and at DJ Ald. Um, questions, comments, concerns, otherwise, anything you guys want to hear, see, or um, anybody you want to have on with us, if you want to have a special guest, let us know. We can see if we can get something worked out. Um, but I think that basically finishes this episode off. I have been Josh. I have been Dave. And we've got two words for you. Doinks out. Doinks out.